Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Amongst each other. He just died for everyone. And that's enough to give him praise, to give him glory, to give him honor. Sometimes we forget what the Lord has done. And we need to be reminded. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We adore you. We lift you up. We magnify you for everything that you have done for each one of us in this place. Because, God, if it wasn't for you, God, we wouldn't be here. So we thank you for the blood of Jesus on today, God. We thank you that the blood never, ever loses its power. God, we thank you, Father God, that the blood covers us. The blood protects us. The blood heals us. The blood has sanctified us. The blood has justified us. The blood has reconciled us. So we thank you for your blood, for everything that the blood has done. And Father, as I open my mouth to teach your people, God, I decrease and I thank you that you have already increased on the inside of me. I thank you that you have already filled my mouth, God. I thank you, Father God, that it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Because I have been crucified with Christ. And Father, I thank you for saturating this atmosphere. I bind God all heaviness. In the midst of this room. I bind it right now in the name of Jesus. And I loose a garment of praise upon your people. God I bind all weariness in this room in Jesus name. All tiredness in this room in Jesus name. And God I loose that the joy of the Lord is our strength on this day. For you give power to the faint. And to them that have no might, God, you increase strength, God. I thank you that we're strong in you today and in the power of your might on today. And God, I lose healing in this room. I command healing right now in the name of Jesus. I forbid pain in this room. In the name of Jesus, I bind pain. I command it to go in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak to every tissue, every organ, every joint, every marrow, every vital sign, every muscle, every tendon, every bone, every joint that's in our bodies. And I command them to line up with the word of God by Jesus Christ. You are already healed. Healing is the children's bread. And now, God, we receive your healing power in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you, God, for doing a good work amongst your people. Quicken us today, God. I I bring sin life into this place through your word, God, in the name of Jesus. Quicken us according to your word on today. We just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would, open your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And I'm going to begin at verse 17 and I'm going to end at verse 24. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 17, ending at verse 24. And we want to hear what God has to say unto his people on today. We know that God always have a word for us. Amen. The word of God now reads. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. In the Lord's name or by the Lord's authority in the Lord, I tell you, speak and testify to this. Do not continue living, walking like those who do not believe the pagans, the Gentiles. Who thoughts are worth nothing, futile. 
They do not understand or darken in their minds and understanding. And they are separated, excluded, alienated from life that God gives or God has of God. Because of their ignorance and because of or caused by their stubbornness or their closed minds, the stubbornness of their heart and mind, they have lost all feeling of shame, any sense of right and wrong, all feeling of sensitivity, and they use their lives for doing evil, abandon themselves to indecency, depravity. They continually want to do or greedily pursue all kinds of evil, impurity. But what you learned in Christ was not like this, or that is not how you learned about Christ. You did not learn Christ that way. I know that indeed you heard about him and you are in him, so you were taught the truth that is in Jesus, or were taught by him because the truth is in Jesus. You were taught to leave off, to leave, put off, lay aside your old self person, to stop living the evil way you lived before. That old self becomes worse, is decayed, become corrupted, because people are fooled by evil things they want to do, of the deceitfulness of their desires. But you were taught to be made new in your hearts, the spirit attitudes of your mind to become, put on, clothe yourself with the new self, the person, the man, become like Christ. That new person is created to be like God or in in God's image according to God. Truly good and holy or in righteousness and holiness that comes from truth. You may be seated. I want to talk about living according to who you are. Living according to who you are. Last um, Sunday we talked about when you control your thoughts, you will control your actions. When you control your thoughts, you will control your actions. And I went and talked about David. I believe it was in 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter, when David, you know, he slept with Bathsheba. And David didn't control his thoughts because we know that when he saw Bathsheba, when he should have been out to war, when he saw her, he didn't control that thought, so he took action. So when I went through this, God was taking me here um, to bring more in the body of Christ. And I believe it's not like you don't, uh, haven't gotten this before because we have talked about this many a times. But sometimes it's good to be reminded of things, to know who we are. Some of us really don't know who we are now that we're in Christ. The first thing we have to understand is the day that we accepted Jesus as our Lord, as our Savior, we had to believe in our heart. And then we had to confess with our mouth what we believe. Because out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speak. So the gospel had to um, be proclaimed to you in order to believe on Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because when we speak on the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you're speaking, you know, what he done on our behalf. So it's up to the individual to open their heart to believe in what they heard. Faith come by hearing, hearing comes by the word of God. So once you hear that and you're born again, what we have to understand again, that born again process is in your spirit. That's the new you. That's the part of you that got saved. That's the part of you that changed. That's the part of you that's full of all of God's goodness. Everything that God has is in your spirit. But the problem is, if we don't go into the word of God, we're three-part being, according to 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, we're three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And by us being a three-part being, we got to pull from that spirit to that soul to get to that body. The only way you can do that is by renewing your mind. See, if you don't renew your mind, if you get born again and don't renew your mind to who you truly are, you're going to live like you're not born again. And this is why the Lord has given us a helper. He has given us the Holy Spirit to help us with this walk with the Lord. He's there to teach us. He's only going to testify of truth. He's only going to speak truth. That's, he's only going to speak the truth, the word of God. He's our comforter. He's our helper. He's the one that leads us, guides us into all truth. We cannot live here on earth without the help of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we deny 
the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to help us, but we deny his help. And it may be that some people are not in the word the way they need to be. But the Holy Spirit is still there to help you and convict you of righteousness, to convict you of your new life now that you're in Christ. So none of us still don't have an excuse. Because even you may not know a particular scripture in this word, but the Holy Spirit will give you a nudging to let you know that ain't right. And that's when you go search the scriptures for yourself. It may be something that God has given me by revelation. And he has given it to me and I give it to you. But if he has opened up the word of God to me and I'm sharing it with you, that don't mean you're going to grasp it right then. So that's why you got to go back yourself and say, God, open up this scripture to me. God, show me this scripture for myself so I can be on one accord with apostles. So I can be on one accord with the one that has brought it. So when you go into the word of God, you have to have your heart open. You have to have your heart receptive to the things of God. See, the only way you're going to know the new you is through the word of God. You got to look into this mirror according to the book of James. You got to look into this spiritual mirror, which is the word of God. And when we look into this mirror, we're going to find out who we really are now that we're in Christ. So we spirit, we're soul, and we're body. And I believe this is what... I've been teaching for years on spirit, soul, and body. The spirit is the real you. The spirit has everything that you need. So what you do is when you renew your mind, you're going to connect to what the spirit already have. There's nothing missing and nothing broken in you. I don't care how broken you feel. I don't care what you're going through in your life. God has already taken care of that and is on the inside of you. Everything you need for health is on the inside of you. Everything you need for prosperity is on the inside of you. Everything you need, God has made a way for you to get it. It's living on the inside of you. So you spirit, your soul, and your body. So once that soul connect with that spirit, it's going to flow to that body and you're going to live according to who you are now that you're in Christ. You're going to live according to the real you. So let's go back to Ephesians because I want to break this down some more to let people know you got to live according to who you are. We're going to start back with verse 17 in the Lord's name. I tell you, I speak and testify to this. Do not continue living, walking like those who do not believe the pagans, the Gentiles. So God is telling us Christians, everybody in this room who is born again, who have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You don't live like the Gentiles. You don't live like an unbeliever. Because once God gives you truth, whether coming in here getting it, Or somebody else is giving it to you outside of here. You want to live according to the truth. And when they give you the truth, which is coming from the word of God, you want to take that truth and apply it to your life. You just don't want to leave it dormant like you haven't heard it. See, what we got to understand, being a a three-part being, that flesh... That flesh don't want to line up. And I'm going to tell you why. Because if you lived in the flesh all your life, if you were taught the things of the flesh, you know, some of us, you know, didn't get an upbringing, a Christian upbringing, you know, but people that was in your family, they talked to you about Jesus. I know everybody in this room was talked to about Jesus, was told about Jesus with somebody in your family. If it wasn't your parents, it was your grandparents. If it wasn't your grandparents, it was your aunt and uncle. God sent somebody to you to proclaim the gospel. So none of us in here had an excuse because somebody was telling us something about Jesus. So we knew these things, but the problem was we didn't accept these things. We accepted more of the way of the world doing things. So imagine if you are 60 years old and you just come to Christ at the age of 60. Look at all of this world, all of this stuff that you have applied to your life that you believe That's true. That's not true. The only way you can uproot those lies is through the word of God. It's through knowing who you are now that you're in Christ. Will it take time? Yes, it will take time. Because what the enemy did, he built a fortress in your mind. 
He built a stronghold in your mind. That's what a stronghold is. It's a fortress. It is walls built by thoughts, by way of doing, by way of living, by things that you were exposed to. So he built that wall because he knew the day that you accept Jesus, I still got a hold on you. See, the enemy is so tricky. Just because you're born again don't mean that the enemy don't have something on you to keep you from getting that new life that God has provided for you. See, God wants us to live this new life. He don't want us to live outside of this new life. We got to quit wasting time on different things that do not line up with the word of God. We have to truly know who we are so when things come upon this land, we can live according to the spirit and not live according to the flesh. We got Christians living according to the flesh. But we got to pray that they get to know who they are now that they're in Christ. We can't condemn them. We have to remind them of who they are so they don't have to continually live that way because everybody is not there yet, even though they're born again. So you can't compare them with you. I can't compare Kathy, Apostle, none of y'all in this room with me. I can't compare my daddy with me, my husband with me. Everybody have to get it for themselves. We have to work out our own salvation with fear. Oh, come on, somebody. And trembling. We cannot wait on somebody else to pull us out all the time. We have to get into this word of God and cry out to God and say, God, I want to get to know who I am now that I'm in Christ. I don't want to live this old life that I have always lived before. I don't want people to see me like the world. I want people to see you. I want you to be glorified because it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Every situation that pop up in my life, it's a word in the word of life that will take care of that situation if we get in the word. There's nothing that we go through that's not in this word. But the problem is when we go into the word, this word got to be revealed. This word got to be revealed. It got to be some illumination. It got to be some revelation because you can just read it and you just reading it. But when the Holy Spirit opened it up to you, there's your answer. I know sometime I'll talk to the Lord and I'll ask him a question and I'll go about my business. And all of a sudden a scripture will pop up and I say, what, what are you talking about, about that scripture? And when I go in and read the scripture, I say, thank you, Lord. You brought what I asked to my attention through the word of God. We have to take time out to get into the word. This is life. This is your lifeline. It's reminding me of somebody who's calling for help. They're in the ocean. They're hanging on to something to stay alive and they're uh, calling for help. So somebody is uh, coming to help them. They're reaching out to help them, but they won't take their help. See, God is reaching out every day to help us. He's helping us through somebody or he's using something to help us. But if we don't grab hold to it, it's not God's fault. God will send something. Look at the donkey. He used the donkey with Balaam, did he not? But Balaam didn't want to pay attention to the donkey. He was beating the donkey. And the donkey said, I've been um, helping you all of these years and you're going to beat me like that. I'm paraphrasing it. Come on. Sometime we as human beings, you can help people for so long, but people will, will beat you up because they, they're not where you are. They don't see what you see. I don't know about y'all with growing up, you know, parents would say, grandparents would say, you don't know like I know. You don't see what I see. You need to leave that boy alone. I'm in love. I'm in love. I remember my aunt Shirley. I never forget. She said, that's lust. No. See, they know they've been there. So God always puts somebody in your path to bring correction to you to let you know, no, you don't need to be doing that. That's not what you need to be doing at this time. But we get so prideful. We get so into ourselves, feeling like we know everything, but yet know nothing. But it's still our duty to tell people the truth and we let them deal with what we told them. We cannot make nobody take nothing. 
You give it to them and you done what you need to do. The blood is off your hand because you gave them that right. You gave them that choice. So God is telling us today, I want you to live according to who you are. I don't want you to live according to the world. We have too many people in the church, in churches, coming to church, but living like the world is living, bringing the world into the church. It is our job. The ones that God has appointed, the ones that God have, have anointed to teach truth. It is our job to teach the truth. And as we teach the truth, we're giving the people what's true. And it's their job to take what's given to them to a heart and live according to what is given. So when we look at this scripture, he's telling the Ephesians how they should live. Basically, he's telling them, you cannot live like the Gentiles. You can't live like an unbeliever. You can't do like they're doing. When you go back into the Bible and you see how they were brought out of Egypt, they were brought out of a place they were in for 400 and some years. Can you imagine being in a place for 400 and some years? You're around their customs. You see what they're doing and how they're living. That's a way of the world, the Egyptians. When they were brought out of that place, God had to give them his laws. Why did God had to give them his laws? Because they lived the way of the world for 400 years. So God said, I'm going to show you how to live according to me. I'm going to show you my way of being and my way of doing because you got to be different. When you go into these lands, they got to see that you're different. They got to see that you're not like them. They got to see that you don't do things like they do. They got to see that even though you in this land, you are separated. You are set aside. You have been made fit for my glory. Let's stop right there. Just because... We're in the world. That don't mean we do what the world does. When we come in on something, we should be different from them. They should see a different. It should be so different they want what you got. Because they see how you're living. They see how God is blessing you. They see how you getting through different things that's happening in the world. And it's not coming at you like it's coming at them. So they're saying, tell me, what are you doing? See, that's your opening right there. That's your opening to let them know, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it. I'm living according to who I am. And they'll say, well, who are you? I am a child of God. I am the son of God. I am God's property. I belong to God. So when you begin to tell them all of these things, it has to match up to your living. Let me say it again. Sometimes we are preaching and we're proclaiming, but it ain't lining up with what you're saying. Anything that you preach and you proclaim is supposed to line up, first of all, in your house. I cannot come in here and tell you to live according to who you are, and I'm living like a Jezebel at home. Don't cook for my husband, not being who I need to be as a wife, but I'm coming in here telling women, this is how you're supposed to treat your husband. This is what you're supposed to do with your children. This is how you do this, and this is how you do that. But that man over there is looking at me cross-eyed and say, you need to quit lying. Come on, we're having this going on. People are telling people what to do, but their lives are not lining up with what they're saying. You got to live according to who you are, and you cannot live that way if you don't know who you are. Some of us are trying to do something for God, and God already done what need to be done for us. God said, the only thing I need for you to do is grab hold to who you are now that you and me. And when you grab hold to who you are now that you and me, you will live that life that you need to live. And that's that new life that you have in Christ. So getting back to the Egyptians, everywhere they went, there's supposed to be a difference. But what was happening? When they entered these lands, they end up taking up the traditions of those lands. They end up doing things in those lands that God was telling them, that's not you. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. How is that affecting us today? When you're around people and you're born again 
And you got a bestie, a best friend, and that best friend is not saved, and that best friend is not living according to the way that they need to live. If you're not reaching that best friend with the word of God, there need to be a separation. You can no longer hang around that best friend that's not saved. Because if they're doing stuff to make you look like you're not saved and you're still hanging with them, come on, it's the same thing. So we got to live according to who we are. So this is what Paul was saying. He said they do not understand. He go on to say um, their minds are darkened. They are separated from the life of God. God gives because of their ignorance and because of their stubbornness. They have lost all feeling of shame. See, in the world, the world really don't care. Because this is what they want to do and this is how they're going to do it. So it ain't no shame to them. So we have to disconnect ourselves from the world. Are you saying that I have to leave this world? No. No, we have to go to work and we have to work amongst the world. But that don't mean that we agree with what they're doing if it's outside of what we believe. So we want to make sure that we're in alignment with what the word is saying and not with what the world is saying. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 5.17. And I love this scripture. It says, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. It says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we don't supposed to know anyone that's born again by the flesh. We supposed to know them by the spirit. You supposed to be able to know people by the spirit, not by the flesh, born again people. Why is he saying this? Because sometimes we judge wrongly. You cannot judge by outer appearance. Yes, they're doing something they shouldn't be doing, but God looks at the heart. I'm going to take you somewhere else. Let's go to 1 Samuel 16. Verse 6 and 7. We want to judge by the spirit, not by the flesh. We don't want to know no born-again person by the flesh because we are spiritual beings. Do we make mistakes? Yes, we make mistakes. But what we do when people make mistakes, we bring in correction through the word of God, reminding them who they are now that they're in Christ. We don't condemn them. We don't put them down. We don't make them feel like we're better than they are because if both of us are born again, we're born of the same spirit. We lift them up. We don't tear them down. We bring correction from the word of God we don't make them feel like they're not a part of God's kingdom first Samuel 16 6 through 7 says so it was when they came that he looked at Elab and said surely the Lord's anointed is before him so what Eli, Elab um, what Samuel was saying God told him to anoint Um, someone else as king because he has chosen someone as king y'all know what happened dealing with Saul how Saul messed up but see God chose Saul because that's who the people wanted sometimes people look at the outer appearance of a person and think oh they'll be the perfect pastor oh they'll be the perfect this or the perfect that but if that's not who God has chosen you don't put people in place because they dress nice or because you know they sound nice or because they do this that or the other better than somebody else that's not how you put people in place one thing I don't like is when someone is getting appointed as a pastor they have a royal pastors coming up giving a sermon and then they want to ask the people which one done the better job which one hollered the most which ones do y'all think that we should appoint to be pastor of this house because somebody hollered more people jumped up more with their hollering so that's how they choose it ain't for the people to choose it's for God this is why you got to be in the spirit on the Lord's day You can't get a crowd of people to come in a church that don't never show up to church and ask them to give a vote. Let's see who got the most votes. So this is the one that we're going to appoint to do the job. That's not how it's supposed to work. So God told Samuel, he told Samuel to go out and anoint the one 
that he have chosen for king. So it says, so it was when they came that he looked at Elab. Samuel, he's the prophet. Now check this out. He's the prophet. He's the one that speaks on the behalf of God. Can I tell you something? Prophets can miss it. Come on. Prophets can miss it. That's why you don't put your trust in no man but God. He looked at this man. See, he looked at his appearance. He was looking at Elab in the flesh, in the outer appearance. So he looked at Elab and said, surely, look, he said, surely, y'all, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. So then, but the Lord said to Samuel, thank God that Samuel have a listening ear. This is one thing that I like. Even though Samuel was looking wrong, he heard God. See, sometimes we can say something wrong that may not be right. But if we get before God, let's say it again. If we get before God and we wrong, nobody don't have to tell us we're wrong. If we get before God, we're going to bring correction. But if we're in stubbornness, if we're in pride, just like the world does, that that don't supposed to be us. We're going to stand on what we believe. So he said, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look. At his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him for the Lord does not see as man sees. Let me say it again. For the Lord does not see as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So God brought correction to Samuel. He let Samuel know, you're looking at outer. He said, I'm looking at inward. I'm looking at the heart. So when we go back to 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17, God said, no, no man by the flesh. You cannot judge man by the flesh. You can only judge spiritually. You can make spiritual judgment, but you cannot judge nobody by flesh. This is why, as a pastor, God has always had me to look at people inwardly. I don't look at them what they did or how they did it or when they done it. I have to hear God and say, what do you want? And God, when he say what he want, that's what I do. Because God look inwardly. He don't look at flesh. Because God will take a person and he will change them. He will transform them because God know the intent. He know the intention of people's heart. So we need to quit looking at people outwardly just because they dress good don't mean they got money. I'm going to say it again. Just because a person dress good don't mean they got money, y'all. It means they could be living by faith. They're walking by faith and not by sight. You see the glory, but you don't know the story. Quit looking at people by how they look. You don't know how they come about what they have on. You don't know what they went through to get those shoes. You don't know. You don't know their story. You just see the glory. You don't know their down times. You don't know their up times. You don't know when they did without food. You don't know these things. Don't go on appearance. You got to be in the spirit. If you're in the spirit, you will know what need to be known about that person. One thing I like um, this past Tuesday, and I thank God for a member in this place that helped somebody out this past Tuesday. They didn't judge by what they saw. They didn't judge by what they saw. They picked them up. They were willing to help them outside of what was known. Sometimes we can be so beside ourselves, we make judgments that's outside of God because we're thinking fleshly instead of spiritually. So know no man by the flesh. You got to know him by the spirit, but you have to be in connection With God to know your mind can't be on you all the time and your problems. It's more than you and your problems. Everybody go through. But just because they look made up and look like everything is together don't mean everything is together. That's why God will show you their heart and show you how much they're hurting. And he'll allow you to minister to them to give them the truth. 
So we see that he said, no, no man by the flesh. This is what he told Samuel. So Samuel anointed David. And guess where David was? He was feeding the sheep. God was preparing him for a place that he was going to put David in. David didn't put himself up front. David didn't try to be no more than who he was in the Lord. And the Lord chose David because he was a man after God's own heart. See, God want us to be after his own heart. He want us to love the way he loved. That's why he put his love in our spirit, in, his, in the spirit of us. Because there's no other way that we can love like God except with the love of God. We try to love based on if a person like me or not. That ain't God's kind of love. God said, I want you to love them outside of them hating you. I want you to bless them outside of them cursing you. Come on, I'm talking about being in the spirit. I'm talking about knowing who you are. When you know who you are, now that you're in Christ, you can walk in love. God's kind of love. God's kind of love don't change because people change. God's kind of love stay the same even though you talked about. You don't change. God kind of love forgives. Even when you say, I ain't forgiven, but you forgiven because you know that's what God wants you to do. Forgive. God ain't about how much I'm hurting. I'm going to forgive. Now I ask you to mend my broken heart. Bind up all of my wounds. Women, what can be the worst hurt? The hurt from a husband. A man, what can be the worst hurt? The hurt from a wife. And sometimes you don't want to forgive them for what they said or what they done or how they did it. But if you make a connection with the word of God and the word of life and allow that word to speak with, to you, you won't have that unforgiveness in you. Because God is a forgiving God. He's a merciful God. He's a loving God. And you saying it is not about me because I have been crucified. See, some of us don't know we've died with him. When Christ was on that cross, we were already in him. He had already taken on the whole world. He took all our sins with him. He died for every sin that we could commit, past, present, and future. So we need to quit looking at people when they're toe up in this area. What area are you toe up in? It's no perfect person in here except in your spirit. And if you have not renewed your mind according to who you are in the spirit, you just as toe up as a drunk. But you acting like you better because you're born again. That's not how Christ does. Some people get saved and act like they never do nothing wrong. They act like they're so holy. You only holy in your spirit. But you have to live a life of sanctification, a life, life that's set apart according to who you are in your spirit. But everybody in this room messes up from the pulpit down. But when you get before the Lord, when the Holy Spirit begins to convict you, you're going to make a U-turn. You ain't going to keep all that in you. You ain't going to let those seeds that the enemy want to plant in your heart get planted. Because you're saying, oh, uh, uh, that's not who I am. That's not who God created me to be. But what we do, we hold on to things. We say we get over them, but we don't get over them. God said, live according to who you are. Live according to the spirit, not living according to the flesh. Come on, when we go back to David again, dealing with him and dealing with Bathsheba. One thing I like about David and how I know he was a man after God's heart. He slept with Bathsheba. He did wrong. He tried to cover up his wrong. But when God sent a prophet unto him and told him what he did, David didn't look at what people thought. Let's stop right there. Sometimes we look more on what people think about us than what God saw. God is before everybody and everything. I should be looking at what God sees, not what my husband see. I look at what God see because it starts with him. He's first and foremost in my life. So I'm going to go to him and say, God, what I said to my husband, it was inappropriate. Forgive me for that. Cause that's not who I am in you. That's not who you created me to be. So I'm more worried about how God perceived what I did than what my husband perceived what I did. That's what David did. 
He said, I have not sinned against man. He said, I have sinned against God. And that's how we have to see it. Whatever you do in darkness, God sees it. God is going to bring it to light. You cannot hide nothing because it's going to be uncovered. So this is why David was a man after God's own heart. Did David mess up? Yes, he messed up. Many times, David, he messed up. But guess what he did? He turned it around. He turned it around with truth. When you turn things around that you know that's wrong, everybody know the heart of God. The heart of God don't leave things unchecked. It's taken care of because that's who you are. I'm going to go to another scripture. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1 through 4. This is Paul. He's talking about something that was reported to him. It is actually reported that there is sexual immortality among you. And such sexual immortality as is not even named among the Gentiles. That a man has his father's wife. So what was going on? It was reported to the Apostle Paul. Now remember that Apostle Paul, he's the one that set up these churches. He's the one that established these churches. When somebody go in and they establish a church, they leave that church up under that shepherd, that pastor. Once they leave that church up under that pastor, no one can come in there and rule over that pastor. But Paul, the one that established that church, it was, he was, it was being reported to him what was going on in that church. So it says that that man has his father's wife. So the son was sleeping with the stepmother. So when you look at sexual immortality, it goes beyond um, adultery. It's fornication in there. It's all that stuff in there. It's incest in there. That's why it's called sexual immortality. It said, and you are puffed up. And have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from amongst you. So what was happening was this church knew what was going on, but they didn't stop it. So he said they were puffed up. Puffed up mean they were proud. It was like they were boasting about it. Anything that's going on in a church and it's not stopped, it means that you're in agreement with it. And see, Paul, when it got reported to Paul, this is what Paul said. For I indeed, listen at this, and absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have already judged as though I was present. So what Paul was saying was that he was absent in the body, but he was there in the spirit. So see, you can judge spiritually. You don't have to be in the midst of nothing, but when you got two or three persons... That's in agreement with the same thing. And this is why in the Old Testament, you have to have two or three witnesses. You cannot go on one witness. You have to have two or three witnesses. So Paul knew. So Paul was telling them that he could judge spiritually. But then he's saying, for I indeed was absent. So we're going to go to four. He said... In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what Paul was telling them was, he got to be removed. This cannot stay in the body of Christ. So Paul was handling this, and Paul was not in the midst of this. But Paul was telling them, this is what needs to be done in this situation. So Paul was acting spiritually. So what, what do we do? When things are going on and we know that they're not right and people are in the midst of you that's not right, we want to give them truth according to the word of God. If they're not taking the truth and they're still doing the same thing, you got a right to dismiss them from that church. People don't believe that today. People believe that you can leave that stuff in the church like nothing is happening. No, you can't. So this is why people are not on one accord, even in the body of Christ. Because they're saying they're saved. We can't kick them out of church. They're a member. We won't get them tithes no more. But if they're not willing to change what they're doing, they don't have a right in that church. That should not go on. So we have to understand the differences of what's going on in the midst of us. So let's look at Ephesians 4.24. 
We're talking about knowing who we are now that we're in Christ. We're talking about living according to who we are. Ephesians 4.24. I'm reading out this expanded. To become, put on, clothe yourself with the new self, the person or man, become like Christ. That new person is created to be like God or in the image according to God, truly good and holy or in the righteousness and holiness that comes from truth. So what he's saying is we have to live according to who we are. We have to live God's way. We have to live separated. We have to live holy according to God's standard because we was created in righteousness and we was created in holiness. So we have to live according to who we are now that we're in Christ. Go with me to Romans 8, 5 through verse 6. Those who live, those who live following their sinful selves, sinful nature, think only about, have their mind set on, or having their outlook shaped by things that, that their sinful nature, sinful self does. So when we go down, I want to get these verses. Let me read out the King James. Because I want to make sure I get this one right. Y'all hold your spot. Romans 8. It says here in 5 and 6, For those who live according to flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. That right there shows us. If you set your mind on fleshly things, that's how you're going to live. If you set your mind on spiritually things, that's how you're going to live. So we can all ask our mind, ourselves, where is our mind set? Because if people see you doing fleshly things all the time, that's where your mind is set. If they see you doing spiritual things all the time, they know where your mind is set. You're thinking about things that are above and not things on this earth. Then it goes on to say, for to be carnally minded, that's fleshly minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So God wants us to be spiritually minded so we can have that life, so we can have that peace. The only way we can take our mind off the flesh is to renew our minds according to who we are now that we're in Christ. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will know what the good and acceptable will of God is. We're having too much going on in the midst of the body of Christ because we're fleshly minded. When you are spiritually minded, it don't take you long to catch up. But what's going on around you? You're no longer ignorant to it. It hits you right then and you know what's not right. So God wants us to live, church, according to who we are. And it's time for us to renew our minds on a daily basis. Don't hit and miss the word of God. When you hitting and missing the word of God, it's not helping you. You got to spend time with God. And the more time you spend with God, guess what? You're not ignorant of Satan devices. You're not letting him get a foothold. You know the difference. You're not being deceived. People are being deceived because they're not in the word the way they need to be in the word. I heard in my ear, I'm not deceived. I say people are being deceived because they're not in the word the way they need to be in the word. I'm saying people are not, I didn't call your name. People are being deceived because they're not in the word the way they need to be in the word. You got to even know when the devil is twisting the word. This is why you have to stay in the spirit. And people say, how do I stay in the spirit? You don't entertain the flesh. You know what's flesh. Anything that's in this world that's outside of the will of God is flesh. And you don't go towards that. You go towards who you are now that you're in Christ Jesus. You are born of God. You have a new identity. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I'm hearing in my spirit, well, why am I still doing the same thing? Because you are gratifying the flesh. You're not in the word of God the way you need to be. And if you don't get into the word of God and let the word get into you, you getting so used to your way of living. You think it's okay. You think it's normal, but it ain't right. And this is why God send people to let you know what's right and what is not right. Why did he do this? Because hell was not set for us. It was set for the angels that defied God along with Satan. 
It was not set intended for us. Sometimes you got to break it down. God don't want people to go to hell. That's why he want people to know the truth. We only give them truth according to grace. It was because of his grace and his mercy. This is why we bring correction, y'all. This, any preacher should bring correction in a loving way. They should speak truth in love so you won't miss what God has already done. It is time for change in the body of Christ. Because if you're getting taught over and over and over again, you got to quit looking at outer appearances. You got to start be looking at the heart. And God will show you people hearts. Let us, Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry, live according to who we are. Live according to how we're taught we should be living according to this word. I beg of you, it's more coming. And if you're not where you are and you need to be according to this word, you're going to gravitate to what man's saying, not with what God has already said. So you got to hold on to this word more than you holding on to anything or anybody. I love my husband, but I'm holding on to this word more than I'm holding on to him. I love him dearly. But this word and God comes before him. And the reason why it come before him, because if something happened in our house, I can go to this instead of going to him. Y'all get it? Some of us are warring with each other. We shouldn't be fighting against flesh and blood. We're doing this in our house. We're trying to make points in our homes that don't make no sense. As my granddaughter said, don't make no sense. We need to know what the word is saying and we need to stand on what the word is saying. How can you stand on something that you're not getting into? Or something you don't believe. You got to go in there for yourself. So when I'm teaching or somebody else is teaching and it's not lining up, you can say, wait a minute. That's not what the word is saying. You got to know the difference. When you live in according to the word of God, you don't have to put on um, airs with nobody to try to make them think that you're so holy. This is just how you live. This is just who you are. This is just what you do. And when I have learned over the years, the more I get into this word, the more I can be a help to people. The more I can give outside of my need instead of looking at me, I look more to them. Me and my husband in ministry, through me growing up in this word, y'all, I believe I have grown up for 22 years. Through us growing up, I can speak for me. Anything that's given to us, I don't consider it mine. This ministry have been had cars, seven cars that were signed over to me and my husband. Those seven cars that were signed over, we signed them over to somebody else. Why? Because that's how God does. I look beyond me. He looked beyond him and we look at others. So that's what you do when your heart is for God. That's what you do when you're walking in the spirit and not walking in the flesh. Many things that God has gave, we give. Because if you're walking in the spirit, that's what you do. That's who you are. You are giver now. You give outside of your bank account. My bank account may be in the red, but I'm still looking at what I can give even though I don't have it in my bank. Come on, that's God's heart. I'm talking about living according to who you are. I remember when I was in a church in Wilmington and I was visiting that church because God was raising up this church within me, birthed in this church. And um, when I would go down there, I made up my mind. I'm still talking about living according to who you are. Now I was saved. But I still needed some renewing in my mind in some areas, especially with tithing. So what I did was always said, you ain't getting nothing but this right here. And I bought what I wanted to bring. But the Lord let me know. He said, you gave from your heart because that's what you wanted to give. So the Lord was really looking at my heart. He wasn't looking at the amount of money. He was looking at my heart. So I would give according to my heart. And I remember they were having a celebration for this awesome woman of God. And I didn't have money to give her. And I said, Lord, I want to give her something. She labors so much. I'm still talking about living according to who you are. You're going to know who you really are in different situations. So I said, I want to give her something. How about I had a Bible bookstore then. 
I went in that Bible bookstore and I had Bibles that cost over $100. And you know how you want to make a sale with them. You want to get back some money from them Bibles. I was looking at those Bibles and I picked out the, the expensive Bible, the most expensive Bible that was in my store. I picked that one out and I picked out two more that was less expensive, but I took them all. And I laid them before her and I said, choose which one you want. She got the expensive Bible. Did it hurt my feelings? No. Why didn't it hurt my feelings? Because that's who I am now that I'm in Christ. See, I had to put away my selfish ways, making it look like it was me. Now, let me tell you what God done through this situation. By me giving her something from my heart, something that, you know, I was taking out of a store to make money. I'm giving it to her. So after I done that, I didn't tell her. What was going on with the Bible bookstore? Me and my husband didn't share anything with anybody what was going on. It was the next week, I believe, she came up to me. She said, I need to give you this. I said, you need to give me this. She gave me a check. See, my rent was due. And the check she gave me was more than enough for the rent and to take care of what needed to be taken care of. When you live according to who you are in Christ. Now, I'm talking, not me. It ain't about me. The day I accept Jesus Christ, I died. And I'm living according to him and not according to me. So if I live according to him and not according to me, I do what he requires of me to do, even though I don't like it. Even though my bank account don't look right. Even though things in my home may not look like I want them to look. I'm going to live according to how he want me to live. I'm going to do what he want me to do. See, our marriage had to line up. To who we are now that we're in Christ. My husband had to love me just like Christ loved the church. How would he know how Christ loved the church? He had to go in the word of God and see how Christ loved the church. He gave his life for that church. Outside of what they did or how they did it. I had to treat my husband the way I know he needed to be treated. I had to submit to my husband. We had to submit to one another. We had to live according to who we are now that we in Christ. Church, it is not about us. It's all about him. And if you don't know who you are by now, now that you're in Christ, it is still time to catch up. Go in the word of God. Spend time with him. And say, God, teach me how to live according to you and not according to me. Teach me how to live not according to my feelings, but according to how you will have me to be. We are sons, y'all. We are sons of God. And anything we don't know, it is in the word of God. He will teach you what you need. Even if you need healing in your body, you may not be there yet, but healing is available. Healing is there for us. Only thing we got to do is command it. We don't have to beg for it. We already have it in our spirit. Even though our bodies is feeling a certain way, we ain't denying that. But we're saying, I know who I am. I am the healed of the Lord. Outside of how I feel, I'm still the healed of the Lord. So you're going to praise God for your healing. Because things are going to come at your body. As long as we're here on this earth, you may ha- you're going to have an ache. You're going to have a pain. Sometimes you get up and say, oh, where that come from? You leave right now in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you feel like you can't roll over on one side. Oh, where that come from? Oh, you're going to roll over. You're going to line up. Sometimes it's because you're eating too much. (laughs) So we got to find out what's going on. And we got to get it right according to the word of God. We live, y'all, according to who we are now that we're in Christ. So again, I beg of you, get into the word. Allow the word to get rooted and grounded in you. And as the word get rooted and grounded in you, it's going to root up everything that's not like him. It's going to root it up. It's going to tear it down. Spend more time with him more than you're spending with other things. Roll it over. Commit your way to him. And then trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And one scripture say to your thoughts shall be established when you commit, when you roll over to him, you saying, Lord, it's not me. I'm giving it to you. I can't do nothing with this. You already done it. So you trust in God. So we got to learn to trust him. That's knowing who we are now that we are in Christ. So church miracle temple deliverance ministry. Let's get to know 
him even the more so we can live according to who we are now that we are in Christ. God loves us all. And don't forget, he loved us so much he died for us even when we, he didn't deserve it. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Living according to who we are. Do we have any announcements at this time? Come on, Lofton. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.